quarterback, your secret quarterback. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Just a, a lowercase s in front of the QB. Yeah, my husband's not going to let me be on this podcast anymore after that. Hey, fuck that skinny little freckled bastard. I didn't have the river-sized ball sack to actually <laughs> go after the top 20. It's game time. So to me, that would be a good way to open it up. Yes. You know, so yeah, there's definite appeal there. Oh, no, we just lost our under 20 demographic. It was a fizzle. So where do young people go when they're not uh, catching passes at the Steelers, Tay? Someone like the Jets will probably throw a massive coin at him to try and send his career into a tailspin. Hot diggity dog. I'm an optimist. I, I like having lots of options. Because, I mean, we see this all the time. We see three for twos. We see two for ones. Honestly, mate, that'd be enough to make me play well. This is a game my wife and I play at home, and you're like, whoa! <laughs> this is the Astro League. It sounds so weird in, like, an Australian accent. The Astro League. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> the Astro League podcast. I think my sheriff's decision is I, I just wouldn't do it during the season. G'day, g'day, and welcome to the Astros Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Matty C. I am the host of the show. I am the commissioner of the league. I am super, super pumped because it is draft week, and there is no better way to dive into draft week than to do one final big old mock draft. And I brought in the big old mock drafter himself, Big Taylor Goodall, to do it all again with me while I had him nailed down just yesterday. And uh, I've got to say, full disclosure, not even yesterday. It was a bit earlier in the week, and that is going to affect our mock draft a little bit. You can find us. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Astro League Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Astro League Pod. And you can also find our email address. We are Astro League Podcast at gmail.com. Do not forget to check out our merch store on the bios of any of those social media profiles. There's all sorts of great stuff in there, including that new shirt that Scuba was after with the cool Astro League logo. That'll be on there very, very soon. All right. I foreshadowed it, but I've got Taylor here to do another mock draft with me. The problem we have here is that it does pretty badly impact a couple of decision-making points. We bring up a guy named Darrell Henderson, who is the running back that we expect to get the most of the left of workload from the Cam Akers injury over at the LA Rams. And during the week, the Patriots traded away Sony Michelle to the LA Rams for a couple of draft picks. And what it does, too, is it does mean that that might just change a little bit about the takes on Damian Harris, as well as what goes on in that backfield, and also any take on Sony Michelle himself. I just wanted to lay that out now so no one gives Taylor a whole bunch of shit about it, so no one gives me a little bit of shit about it, because it really is Taylor's mock draft, and I'm just along for the ride. We've done something interesting with it, too, in terms of where Taylor is picking. So, with all that said, I think it's just best to get the guy in here. We are drafting on Sunday, which is going to be great. First pick drops at midday. That is Marky Mark Downey, who's got the first pick in the draft. In fact, the whole draft order has been up on the website for quite some time. I'm not sure there's a whole heap of mystery whose Mark is going to take at number one, but overall, I think it'll be a very interesting draft because we saw last year... Right against the odds. We were a league that used to draft nine running backs in the first round. Last year, we got and take 13. And most mocks in a league I'm seeing that are our size, with pretty much our settings, are seeing at least 11 go. So I think this is just a dawn of a new age in terms of popularity for running backs. And it would just be interesting to see how that all pans out when our draft goes live. All right, here he is. Let's fire up the intro. Get Taylor in here. T-E-L-O-R. big double dose because, well, that's how we do when we get Taylor back. Uh, we, we hold him down and we just get him riveted to the one spot and we try and get as much content out of the guy as possible. So, Tay, thank you for coming back again so soon. No worries, mate. You know how I love a mock. Uh, it's it's one, It takes up a lot of my life at the moment, just uh, mocking in different leagues. I'm in seven leagues this, uh, this year and I've done five of the drafts. So, Astro is one that I've definitely earmarked as one of my bigger ones, though. So, I know I'm going only for one, five... Mate. Uh, in that, so I've done a, <laughs> I've done about a trillion mocks from the five spots. So uh, <laughs> we'll see if we maybe go from something different this time. Well, if you're bold enough and game enough, uh, I was going to suggest. Hey, you know we've been using my slot at ten while I've been doing solo ones on the show for the last couple of weeks. What if you came in and picked from ten, and you just saw what a horse load of shit I get to pick through at ten, and just see how hopeless you are at picking a team from ten to. So it's not just me. <laughs> Absolutely. So, sounds great, mate. And, and it'll also sort of tie in better of what I've been talking about in terms of looking for value at a different position. 
Because um, I'll admit, from five, it's pretty much impossible not to go a running back, I find. Yeah. Uh, so going 10 sort of talks more about what I had said about when I was on the turn in the 12-team league with Kelsey and Hill. Definitely not going to get both of those guys in, in this, especially in a 16-team league. But it'll, uh, it'll get me looking elsewhere. You know, running back still might be the go. Uh, but at least I could sort of have a bit of more of a broader look like I'd been speaking about earlier in the last yeah, one. You've got options on options, even just at 10, let alone when you come back at 23 in the second round. So um, we're going to run this. So you're the decision maker. Um, are you yep. ready to fire this motherfucker up? Oh, mate, fire that motherfucker up. <laughs> See, I've gotten a bit more loose with the language lately. I've just embraced my inner Taylor. And uh, I've got to say, at least I think it's improved my game. Absolutely. Um, so it's been fired up and I've been absolutely destroyed already. <laughs> <laughs> so at 108 and 109, wide receivers went. So Devontae Adams and Tyreek went literally <laughs> right before me. So that's a bit of a hurt. Here in uh, my peril. So running backs that are available, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler. Uh, wide receivers, because you lost that top two, and I think there's a clear tear break from the top two. Um, I don't. I, I like Stefan Diggs again this, again this year. Don't get me wrong. Um, I would. I would suggest taking Kelsey at ten. I've, I've actually got do. no issue with doing that. I, um, yeah, it I it, it I sort of solidifies you in that position already, so you don't have to look for a later guy. And I don't know. I don't think it's going to be enough time that running back falls off a cliff or there might be another good wide receiver. So I'm going to say we take Kelsey. I mean, so I've been doing this thing where it's it's probably Hill, Adams, Kelsey, Chubb, whatever running back from that better team makes it to me before it starts breaking off to Aaron Jones. I, I just, I've drawn a line between Chubb and Jones and it's probably wrong, but that's my tier and that's my cross to bear. A lot of people go, you idiot, Aaron Jones is in the same tip. Well, okay, to, to other people, maybe that's the case. And, and that's kind of the dance I've been doing is, well, which one of those guys gets to me? Because at least one of them has to, you know. There's no draft when none of them get to me, but it's then I, I've kind of got to live with who I get. And I've never had a first-round tight end before, and that makes me wee in my pants a little bit. Makes me nervous. It's just, a, again, like I'd spoken about, you know, you've seen seven – uh, running backs go before you. You've then seen two wide receivers that are the clear top tier. Yeah, I think you got to just go the top tier guy. Like as, other years, I can completely see your point. Like even other years, I think even last year, Kelsey was going like back of the second and stuff like that because no one wanted to take a tight end early. But what you saw last year, especially when Kittle went down, was there was basically two top guys, um, and even Waller had a lot of inconsistency issues. So oh, you yeah. had Kelsey just scoring 10 as a minimum, 20-odd as, you know, probably half his games. You saw a complete domination of the tight end position, and it was such an upgrade on your opponent when you knew you were getting that sort of score from your tight end. Like, you were able to sort of throw in some absolute wild cards at, at wide receiver, even as a running back too when you knew you had Kelsey locking down that position against probably some absolute Grogan-filled player. Oh, yeah, um, like against Jordan Reed or something. End, probably like, like a tight end. Not- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like right. It's just like a 20-point boost over Ooh. your opponent from the get-go. So I, I, I think people are finally realizing this year how much of a difference having a guy like that at tight end is. Uh, so I'm more than happy to take him there at 10 because he, he's pretty much the last of the guys that represent that complete top tier in any position. That's it. He is. He's in. Let's, let's roll with it. Boom. I would never, ever, ever so, take a running back or a wide receiver in the first round. And here we are. We've done it. Normal. Absolutely. So this is where it gets real sort of spiky here because you start having a look at tier-based guys. And because just the running backs here, J.K. Dobbins, Chris Carson, and DeAndre yeah. Swift, I don't actually mind that. I'm actually fine with all those guys. Uh, D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson. I'll, I'll make my case here as to why I'll take one of the running backs. So out of those wide receivers, D.K. is probably obviously the only guy I would take. Uh, A.J. Brown we already spoke about. I think yep. he's too high. 
Uh, Justin Jefferson, I just can't trust that Minnesota Kirk Cousins offense. Like, it's Dalvin Cook led still. Like, you can't tell me it's not. And I know he broke out. I know he looks fantastic. I'm not saying this is an anti-Justin Jefferson take. It's just that I'm just not sure about his consistency either. Like, there's going to, I think their defense is going to be so much better this year than last year. Like, like we talk about charges changing. I think the Vikings. You reckon it'll be worse? No, how good well, it be? Oh, there you go. There's there is no break. flaw to break through. They were oh, the flaw. Okay. We're on the same page. Yeah. yeah that was <laughs> I thought you said it was going to be worse. No. How, how could they be worse? You know, there's no one's getting worse than the Falcons, right? I mean, can we agree on that? <laughs> maybe the Jets with all uh, their Cowboys. injuries could get worse. Uh, the Cowboys, maybe. I don't know. I've got a little hope for them. But, Seattle. Um, Seattle, horrendous. I think no, I went on your pod. And then, uh, then they immersed it up. Then they just went yeah, and foreign contracts and, and firmed it up. But it was literally band-aids. I think that was more to do with uh, how bad their offense turned into. <laughs> so okay. it, was, uh, yeah, it was just a real uh, double-edged sword there for Seattle. But they were on pace to give up the worst season in history halfway through the year last year. So there oh, are some other teams, but... Minnesota are known to have a better defense. They spent a lot in the offseason on guys and in rookie picks and stuff like that. And I just think they're going to be a lot better. Yeah, it was uncommon for the defense to be that bad. But on the offensive side, I actually think Jefferson and AJ Brown are the same guy in different colored shirts. So if you can't take one, you can't take the other. I think the situations are too similar. Yeah, absolutely. I... I personally, I mean, I know I'm running it, and with you know, you didn't exactly talk me out of what I just said either. No. I think it's got to be one of those three running back um, here, just because of you know I've got my issues. I, th- I think DK is going to get caught up in a lesser passing offense. It's going to be efficient. Don't get me wrong. But they literally fired their offensive coordinator last year for not running the ball enough, even though he was completely known for running the ball. So. I, I think they're going to really, really go to like Chris Carson. I'm not saying Chris Carson's the pick here because I actually think Rashad Benny is actually going to show something um, eventually. Oh, you're one I, of them. I just, okay. I, I just think he's going to be – I've got a pains from – I think it was – was it last year where you had Carson – Sorry, two years ago where you had Carson and all of a sudden Penny was coming in and you were like, I've all of a sudden got a guy that looked like he was a running back top 12 and all of a sudden Penny's taking all of his carries. So it's it's, it's hard not to look back on that and see nightmares and stuff like that. But Penny's also had a bit of time to come back. I am a little bit worried about that eventually, but I do think that taking anyone in the running back side of it for Seattle isn't a bad play. But I just see way more upside in either Dobbins or Swift. I, I just, I really do. I think they're sort of the last, I say last of that's here. I didn't sort of realize Montgomery's there too. Um, I know you and I have both talked about Montgomery yeah. probably needing to higher than 18. Um, yeah, look, it's a bit of a tough one. You're, right, you're not wrong. There are it's some serious questions about being from 10, especially when that's sort of the running back committee that comes back because you can see sort of upside in all of them but some issues uh, look I'm just, I'm probably going to take J.K. Dobbins honestly I know it's a run first offense which helps and I know he isn't a great pass catcher and even if he was Lamar's probably not going to find him but <laughs> I don't see outside of Swift who has his own issues in terms of the rushing side of it I don't see anyone else really breaking out in the receiving game either. Like David Montgomery did at the end of last year, but I also spoke about the fact that um, there was no one else with him, whereas he gets Damian Williams, who they've already touted as looking like the best pass catcher by a mile in that that backfield, and also Tariq Cohen, who I really don't like anyway, but he's also (laughs) known as a pass catcher. I think Montgomery's just going to be the running back this year. He's not really going to get involved in the passing game. So I think J.K. Dobbins offers up the most upside in terms of the running game. Um, you, you could say that he's going to get pilfered by his quarterback, but I would also throw out for Chris Carson. I've never seen a person get pilfered more at the one-yard line in my entire life 
than him with Russell Wilson throwing in the one yard line. It is an absolute. <laughs> the guy who's a good killer. goal line back. It is, <laughs> it is Myers all over again, but in running back field. Like he, it, it was honestly, honestly, do yourselves a favor, listeners. Go own Chris Carson and see how like your life expectancy is at the end of the year because it is the most disgusting thing. It doesn't matter if it's first a blood now. pressure test at both ends of the year and see what yeah. happens. <laughs> I know we've taken way too much time in this pick. I'm just going to take Dobbins because. Like I said, I, t- I I wanted to talk it through because it really was a hard decision. Like we yeah, could have taken any of those four guys. That's real hard. Like we could, we could have taken anyone there. And you um, would have been like, uh, but you know, so I took this guy, and that's okay. But I'm still kind of thinking about the ones I left behind, aren't you? You're kind of still dreaming yeah. a bit about. But what if I? Did oh, think, absolutely. You know. Like, oh, what if? What if Montgomery isn't the guy that he was at right? the end of the year when he turned into running back five or? What if DeAndre Swift is just like he's the clear best running back out of those four, but he's in the shittest team? So yeah, it's, it's really hard. Like, what if he's just the, the guy, and there's yeah. no Jamal Williams, and Goff is way better than everyone thinks he's going to be, and um, blah blah blah. Like it's it's tough, and like I I started with a case about Chris Carson, so <laughs> it's not like any of those four could have been. If anything, I probably spoke the less least about the guy we actually took. It's, it's funny. We've got four guys in the wide receivers here that I like. I like the first and the fourth. <laughs> so, again, you've spoke about not wanting DJ Moore as your wide receiver one or you find, find it a bit well, iffy. Makes me I, I see a guy I like higher than him anyway. He was the fourth guy that I mentioned. I just wanted to put him out there because I want as much stock in him as possible this year. And I've got him as a flex in one league. So, you can get a multi-pack of Robert- DJ Moore. Taylor would be really interested in that. Save two bucks when you buy 16 DJ so, Moores. That'd be great. So in a league like this in 16 teams, if I can get Robert Woods as the wide receiver one, I I find it so hard not to take it. Because like I mentioned, you can then afford to even wait around on your second wide receiver and go for complete upside because you were just getting a consistency baseline from a guy like Robert Woods. And I'm talking from golf and I think Stafford's a massive upgrade on golf and I, I just think they're going to pass more they lost Cam Akers they're going to have to rely on Daryl Henderson who by the way is a pick here Daryl Henderson who oh, wouldn't okay. be the worst uh, running back too but there are some guys a little bit later I don't mind as a running back too um, I just think the chance to take a guy like Robert Woods that you can pair with an upside guy at wide receiver too uh, I just think it's going to be is too hard to pass up. I'll, I'll talk about some guys. I like Amari Cooper. I, don't, I think he's getting left for dead a bit with the whole C.D. Lamb hype. Yeah, I actually it? think if, if this Dallas, you know, offense is good anywhere near as good as people think, I, I can't see why Amari Cooper can't still be the one. Oh no, he's, he's, a bum. he's just a bum now, right? Because C.D. Yeah, Lamb exactly. has a yeah. fun name, so, so yeah. Cooper's just Absolutely. a bum. <laughs> oh, because every wide receiver, you know, in the second year breaks out. Oh, blah, blah. oh yeah, yeah. yeah just, Michael Gallup. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. But I would still take Robert Woods purely for the reason that I reckon okay. we may look at running back next. I'm sort of almost foreseeing the next couple of picks. And I think we, if we're looking at running back next, we're going to probably go a little bit lower on, the, on our wide receiver two. And I would rather, if I'm going upside, be with a guy like Robert Woods um, then a guy like Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, even DJ Moore, who I think are going to flash um, more than be as consistent as Robert Woods. So I'm going to take All Robert right. Woods here. Put Woods in. Let's do it. Yes. That's three rounds. Wow, hammering through. Well, I was much happier in that one. So for those who are playing at home, Mark is a Dolphins fan, by the way. It was a lot to overcome. Yeah, yeah, he's unapologetically sick with Dolphin fever. I just just couldn't put it together like previous years. Play play it. Play that that drop. I've got a bottle of champagne, so I think we should bust that out. Um, I'm not so good at that. Probably going to play almost my own little draft game here, although we are a bit later, so it's a little bit different. So... You got wide receivers of Deontay Johnson, Kenny Golladay, but then guys like Ayuk and Higgins. And I spoke earlier, I think the exact pairing I gave you was Woods and Ayuk that I thought was perfect because I think Ayuk is a complete upside guy. Um, there might be some games where they turn into a running team, blah, 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 but he is, I think he's the clear best guy. I think Debo is going to get left for dead. 
this year they're going to realise IU, the high-end upside uh, draft pick that they took is going to be the best. Uh, Lance probably comes in sooner rather than later. Uh, I'm not saying he's the best passer in the world, but I think he's going to realise who he's got there in Ayuk. And again, you know, there's all upside there. It's it's the kind of guy that you can pair with Woods and go, I don't need Ayuk to dominate every week. I d- I'm fine with him getting a 20 than a 4 because I know I'm getting a baseline of 10 to 12 from Woods. So you, sometimes your team, how it looks, completely depends who you draft. You know, would I go Ayuk if I had already drafted another, you know, complete upside wide receiver like a CD Lamb? No. It, yeah. I wouldn't go Ayuk and CD Lamb. But I would love would to put Ayuk with Woods. So it completely changed things. Um, the only reason I play the game with, with running back, you've got Cream Hunt, Javante Williams. Uh, you know, we don't 100% know Javante's role. Is he the one? Is he the two? Is he going to take over early? Is it going to be a rookie situation? I don't know. Uh, but then there's there's a couple of guys in Edmonds and Harris that I still don't mind. I, I, I still really like them. <laughs> uh, to be fair, at the 407, there is a bigger weight than I'm used to on the turn yeah. here that when I'm not picks. picking from five. 20 are about um, to go. So we, we only had a like a 12-pick swing on the last one. This one's 20. And honestly, because I've always, I've got a bit of a rule where I think I spoke about it earlier to you where I said, oh, I'm okay going high QB, high tight end. I've kind of thrown that away, especially in Astro. I think if you go high on one of them, it's it's really, really hard to go high on the other. So, yeah. And because we're already at a sort of a tier break where it goes to Wilson, Rogers, Herbert, I wouldn't be looking at that yet. I'd be looking for more value. Um, so I'm going to sort of play the game here and go, oh, you Woof. Now, I don't think I've ever taken Ayuk in this spot. So this is kind of interesting already, sort of diverting away. And I like to hear this because I continue to pick sort of guys I've got comfort with and it, it will be a good experiment for me to see what happens when somebody breaks away from my comfort zone. So the game worked. So I got Harris back, who I think would be a great uh, – I would be very happy to have him as running back two here because I think he's safe. I know you don't see the safety. But I do. I just think a running back one who is just complete rushing game and has the ability to actually move forward. Like I've said to you on last pod, I think last year is his complete floor. I think even if he gets Cam, he's going to actually at least get some goal line touches. I know Cam pilfers them, but he also pilfered them from every other running back you saw on the goal line last year. Rex Burkhead still found a way to get in occasionally. Um, okay. So yeah. I think he, I think, I think he has upside on at least what he did last year. And if it turns to Mac Jones, like you are absolutely just laughing. So because we have a team with such good pass catches, to have Damian Harris as a running back too, like there might be people out there going, "Oh, Damian Harris running back too." That sounds shit house. Like that sounds like you've gone way too low. But look at our pass catches: Kelsey, Woods, Ayuk in a sixteen-team league. Yeah. Mate, I'm I'm smashing that in. You've got some comfort with that. And and I think that's the thing, right? So you've got comfort in those first four, first four round picks and you're not seeing any of them really as a high risk move. And the first one where you're like, okay, so this is really saying I'm sure that something's going to happen where Mac Jones takes over and, and it really does help Harris get that goal line work. And, and you, this is the first time you're kind of hedging on something that isn't kind of known and it's not till the fifth round. And that would be where I would first start to think about, okay, how do I weigh in some upside based on things that I don't know yet? I would never do that in the first four rounds. But in the fifth round, yeah, okay. Um, but there's probably guys around here that I've got less question marks over. And that's kind of our differentiating point there. If I can speak English. Well, I just feel like running back, Harris sort of represents a massive tear break. It sort of falls to like backups and guys that you're not sure if they're the one after it. And I just thought, you know, needing that other starter, he was the perfect guy to sort of fill in considering we went a bit high on pass catches here from the 10. Um, I mean, just let's look at some guys here. Like you've got Melvin Gordon, who I've also said that I'm, I'm, 
Uh, he may be the one, but yeah. I just don't know what that represents. <laughs> That's iffy. Uh, I like. I don't mind James Connor this year. Like saying likes probably a bit off, but I don't like off. the running backs here. I would. There's some running backs I like later to sort of bolster up what we're doing um, already. Um, wide receiver gets a bit in the middle as well. There's a clear guy I like. I do wonder if I played the game here, if he'd get back to me, and it's Debo. Uh, sorry, Debo. It's uh, Curtis Samuel. Why did I say yep. Debo? I know they got the last, last, same last name. Samuel, Samuel? Taylor, Taylor Talk just got destroyed there by saying that. Um, <laughs> I do wonder, because I've made a big thing this year that I don't mind the middling QBs this year. So I've always been the same on QB normally as tight end. Uh, where you don't go in the middle. But there are some guys I actually don't mind. I know we talked about Justin Herbert. Um, a bit of a struggle because of where you said he was. Whereas here, he's going as QB8, which yeah, I, I don't think is too bad. No but worries. at the same time, the upside is probably not there. You've also got Tom Brady, who is next on the list. But he what could also fall. about Tom Brady? You've, you've been... Waxing lyrical, you've been writing poems, you've been sending him mail with scented perfume. I know that you've got the love for the Tom Brady this year. I have, but I'm going to take Curtis Samuel, kill, and this is the reason. So Justin Herbert's there, Tom Brady's there, Jalen Hurts is there, and Matthew Stafford are there. So I would actually be okay with all four of those guys. Um, Jalen Hurts would give me the most runs in my pants, because I don't know exactly what's going to happen in that offense. They're not going to be great. <laughs> You're going to be relying on a rushing baseline that you don't know is going to be there. Like it's, you know, you're assuming that he's going to be this Lamar-like player. So I would have him fourth in that list. Um, but I would also be okay in a 16-team league as him as my QB, especially when I've got all these pass catches and two guys on the ground that I'm pretty okay with. So I'm actually going to go Curtis Samuel and see what comes back to me. Yeah, cool. And that's our sixth round, sorry, our flex. Yeah, we took Damien Harris in the fifth, Samuel in the sixth. Just making sure I'm keeping up, man. Just making sure. And look, so same thing for me. I think these quarterbacks, if there's a bevy of them, one of them's probably coming back, and then I can reassess the next round. There's a guy like that where I'm like, okay, he's costing me this. There's a great chance he outperforms it. That's the guy I'm looking for here. I don't want to take a guy who's going to perform at the level that I draft him at. The only guys I want doing that are the guys who I take super early high at their position. I need them to return that value. Everybody else, I need to overperform 100%. If I'm picking a guy who's iffy or I think, oh, they'll be about what I paid, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want someone who's going to cost me less, who can perform higher, or I want the top guy to perform like the top guy. They're my two criteria. But related entry jokes. I think that that sort of activity and action stopped. They wouldn't have to rely on Cam's cooked noodle of an arm. It wouldn't have made a difference. The PEDs on wheat bigs. It's been a good show. I don't think there was going to be an advantage. I was in the pissing down rain that day in a poncho, so I remember it very well too. So we played the game and lost horribly. Uh, I've never seen more QBs go in, a, in that, that period. Here's the, here's the run of QBs that went. Here Justin we go. Herbert, Tom Brady. Jalen Hurts, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow. So even another tier of guy went. So these are the games you play. This is where it really, really does hurt you. Look, I would have loved to have taken one of the guys that we already said in that middling, and that's why I say sometimes you just do it. Uh, I I wanted to sort of secure that flex with a guy I liked. I really didn't think the run was going to be that horrendous. So in the end, we're taking a lower-end QB, uh, and we're just going to have to deal with it. So, <laughs> well, that was the that's just how it is. swing too. That was our long swing. So, I mean, we left it with a it lot of a guys. Swing. But yeah. wow, it's a lot of picks. So, yeah, I guess fingers are burnt. Yeah. And again, this is why you do mock because if I had mocked from this position before, I would have probably thought of that and seen that the guys were a lot of those middling guys were going a lot of that time. So that's why. I'd, you know, mock drafting can actually help you sometimes. So I took the risk. It didn't work out. So we're going to look elsewhere here because, you know, we're going to end up with a low-end sort of QB anyway. Yep. Uh, so you've got David Johnson, Gus Edwards, Kenyon Drake, Jamal Williams at running back. Um, Mike Williams, Marvin Jones, Devontae Parker, Marquise Brown. Uh, 
So because we sort of flexed at wide receiver, I don't mind looking at a running back here. I've actually got – I reckon I'll get talked out of this massively. Um, but it also helps the fact that we took J.K. Dobbins already. I, I actually want to take Gus Edwards. And Ooh. I don't end up J.K. Dobbins in a lot of leagues, but, I mean, it's the clear handcuff to J.K., so it also helps being on the bench – uh, backing him up. But I actually like him anyway. I actually think he's going to get a, a, a bit of work and they just paid him in the offseason. So if things are starting to head towards him and JK isn't the guy, you can then put him into the starting lineup with a bit more confidence than you're looking at at the moment. Um, I don't like David Johnson. He's just gone absolute shit. They've put him at third in the in the running back uh, depth chart at the Texans. Like that yeah, is what the there's fuck? ever been a dead zone. I've never seen more. I like Jamal Williams. I would actually hope that he almost fell to us again. Um, but I like Gus Edwards a bit more. I like Marvin Jones actually. I've sort of changed my tune there. I I, I think he's going to actually be a decent performer at the Jags. I think they're going to be. Better than last year, but also with not a great defense, need to pass. Um, you know, it's it's almost like getting the same value, like the same talk about Chark I had last year, but at the seventh round instead of the fourth. So, yeah. I actually I don't like Marvin Jones either. I um I might just hear your take on that because I feel like we're starting to look at some deeper guys that a lot of people yeah. either like or dislike. Well, I think for me. Um, I have not been burnt enough by guys named Johnson from the Texans. So I'm like that, <laughs> like a bear of fucking honey, and you better know it. Um, he's the only guy on that list who I think has the chance to just start, just become the starter because he's better than the other guys in the room in his team. And nobody else in that locker room thinks that's the case. I don't know. That, that team is not necessarily been run to the best of its capability. Okay. Um, I. Only because of the Dobbins thing. I think everything you said about Edwards is great. Uh, but, gee, I would find it hard because I don't think I would have as many wide receivers at this point. I would find it hard to go past Marvin Jones because I think he's clearly the best, most seasoned guy in that offense. And he looks like he's already got a role in there. I guess I'm a little bit more close to the Jag stuff than, than other guys because, I don't know, I'm, I'm a real sucker for punishment and, and I... I I love following this horrible, horrible team. But I, I keep up with what's going on there. And Marvin Jones really does seem like he's sort of assumed that I'm the leader of this wide receiver core. This is the first place Lawrence is looking. Um, and, and I've got confidence that in a seventh round pick, in a 16-team league, we're talking about guys outside the top 100. Um, this guy has spent his whole career outperforming his ADP. And he's going to do it again. So... Um, if I had less wide receivers, I'd just take Marvin Jones, smash accept. Um, and if I found somebody who loved Marvin Jones as much as I did, I'd still take him and trade him to that guy. But since that's not the case, I'm probably looking at running back. Um, and I would find it hard to poke terribly many holes in your Gus Edwards take, given the Dobbins selection. I think Rogers' numbers are going to come down a bit. That's a slam dunk for me. To be fair, I think everyone's numbers are going to come down a bit. I'm not fucking around with the fifth, sixth, seventh guy hoping that they finish fifth, sixth, or seventh. <laughs> and let, let's put it as Taylor thinks Taylor worked today. Let him be someone else's problem. So you're about halfway through the Marvin, and I just decided to take him. Uh, I'm realizing Thanks, quickly buddy. why I wanted another RB there because the next guys are pretty Grogan Water. Uh, <laughs> like there are actually guys I like better at wide receiver than I even liked at Marvin Jones like next round so again it's just why you mock like it's just especially if you're going for position you haven't really been looking at because we're looking at Kenyon Drake Hines Pollard Singletary Latavius Murray and running backs I, I don't want to pull the trigger on any of that uh, wide receiver. Round, how much better do you think any of those those guys are going to get? Like we're in the eighth round now. We're picking in the hundred and twenties. That's the, but that's what I mean. That's why mm-hmm. I probably would have solidified running back, especially when we didn't go high on it early in that round. We just went because there are actually some wide receivers I didn't mind, but that that's fine. Again, that's why you just you do these things just to sort of learn. Um, yeah. I'm just going to punch in Darnell Mooney because I. I you know, oh. we all know my bonus for Darnell Mooney this year. He loves him some Mooney. Absolutely. And there's a, there's actually – I've talked about this guy too 
Uh, I actually like Giovanni Bernard <laughs> this year. And if I have to you put go. him as a bit of uh, running back depth uh, over the guys around him, uh, like, you know, I mentioned Penny, but I don't think he's a redraft value. Or maybe off waivers later in the year. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, Alexander Madison is just a clear. Madison's next to him, who's a clear backup. Whereas I just think out of all the three running backs at the Bucks, Giovanni's the only one I know his role 100%. I know he's coming in basically every third down and and um, Tom Brady's going to look for him a lot. He's just going to be so involved there. Whereas the other two are just going to flop and ch- change all the time. You know, you're, you saw a good game last week out of Jones. You assume Jones is the guy and then Fournette's ruined him. And I, I just think Bernard actually offers up the actual consistency that the other two don't. I know what you mean. Like, it'll be far lower ceiling and its floor might be interesting, but it's got a floor and you kind of know what that's going to be. It's going to be a handful of passes, maybe even a couple of rushes. There'll be some yards there. It'll be fine. I mean, the problem I've got with your lineup this far, though, is you got Dobbins and Harris as your running backs. And now, when one of them's on bye week, it's a Giovanni Bernard show. It's that's That's a tough position to be in. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And that's you're, you're almost punting a position in a way to get good in other positions. So that's why you do mock again is do you do this again and maybe don't go Kelsey to to build up your, your running backs? I still don't think that that's 100% the way to do it. But you're right. Some positions just look like they are hard to find a good-looking team. Yeah. And I still think... If we didn't go Samuel there and we went a better QB, I still think the team would look better. And that's just the break you got to look at. Sometimes yeah. you, you you take a chance and it just doesn't work and it completely flips a draft from being good to bad. And this is why I don't mind doing this live, even if it turns out to be not a great team. You know, you completely scrap this and use this for, um, you know, what you do in the draft and don't do what you did here. So <laughs> it learning. doesn't really bother me. And success um, and there's opportunity. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Corporate speak. So you're looking pretty deep here. Uh, Jalen Rager, Sterling Shepard, Traquan Smith, Jameson Crowder, Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders. I just thought I'd say a lot of names because – you know, everyone's about as good as each other here. Uh, man, you got five wide receivers. I think that's enough. I'm cutting you off on wide receivers, man. You're, yeah, you're drunk I'm, on wide receivers. I'm actually thinking about going Malcolm Brown here. So <laughs> there you go. I know it doesn't sound great, but I think they paid him to go to Miami for a reason. I think he's going to be the better version of Jordan Howard last year. And I had to say better because as soon as I said that name, you would lose your mind. But I think he's going to be the goal line one that guy that takes a lot of the touchdowns away, sort of like what he did last year in the Rams' backfield. And I just think he's going to do more work than you actually realize. This is he's kind of the reason I don't like Miles Gaskin. Uh, I, I think he's going okay. to take a lot of work from him. So if you know, you never know. An injury happens to Gaskin. Malcolm Brown could actually be the guy. So yeah, I just want to bolster out what we've got in terms of the running back core for now. I don't think you had many other options unless you were using that to look at your quarterback. Really, that, they were the two options. Yeah, wide receiver, how many... What, what are you taking a sixth wide receiver for at this point? You know what I mean? Like, well, well, there's n- not a heap of benefit to that. Hey, he's diminutive and weak because he's only like 5'11", 180. But he's also not a Hall of Fame. Because he's not a great player. Straight out of the gate, this team is going to suck donkey balls. Saggy, <laughs> saggy donkey balls. This will be good. I can fill in for you on weeks where you just couldn't be bothered. That's exactly what we're talking about here. So what I would like to do here, and I've realised I probably can't do it, because uh, <laughs> it would mean we wouldn't take a defence or a kicker. So... I would like to take Fitzpatrick here um, and because I, I actually really do think he has some some sort of upside in Washington with those couple of receivers he has because you've got guys like Cousins to uh, – I just don't think have any upside. So I would go Fitzpatrick. But what I would do here as a suggestion is I would back him up with Trey Lance um, because I think Trey Lance has the potential when he starts to be a breakout. Um so if 
problem is we're into the 12th round out of 13 rounds, so we can't do it. But I just thought I'd throw that out there. If you're going to take a really late QB... Um, I've gone through drafts without taking like, a defense or a kicker in the past. Yeah, stuff. People look we'll, at you we'll a bit just, weird. But... I, just, I just think that's... I don't think you need to go a guy like Trey Lance if you're going like a Kyler Murray or someone a bit higher. Um, but if you're going someone late anyway and Trey Lance comes in and starts and looks like he's the guy that I think he could be, then you can easily either drop Fitz or at least just start Lance over him. Um, I mean, there's still a there's still a legit you know, play to play Lance even behind a good QB and use him as trade bait when he actually comes into the team and, and looks like he's the guy. Uh, but uh, I think if you're going lower QB, start uh, backing him up with a guy like Lance is a great decision. Well, and I mean, at this point too, if you were to drop Malcolm Brown just to make sure you had a kicker and a defense to start week one and protected Lance and Fitzmagic, do you think you're going to have a horrible time getting Malcolm Brown back if there's no injury to Gaskin? Do you reckon it's get like, do you reckon it will be awfully difficult to get him back? Or do you think whoever picks him up might also just drop him and get a week later too? You know, like, yeah. what, are you, what are you risking? Yeah, absolutely. It's... So I understand it. It's, it's not what it, I would I, do, but I understand it. Yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree with that. Like, you, that's why you just take these guys as flyers at the bottom of drafts anyway, because you know they're yep. just interchangeable. You can just you throw them out. And, yeah, I don't know. I just think that your team completely changes. If you take a, even though it's only a four-team bench, say an Astro, you take a flyer on a guy like Lance backing up a low-end QB, Lance comes in and comes into a top, let's say he's a top eight sort of prospect. You know, you've all of a sudden completely turned your whole team around by the fact that you've got a high-end QB with high-end receivers. I know you didn't go high at running back still, but you've changed your whole team outlook by doing that. So, yeah, I think um, thing. again, there are parts of this team I don't mind. Uh, like as in, you know, I, I'd actually am a bit more bullish on J.K. Dobbins and Damian Harris as the running backs than probably you are. Uh, being able to have yeah. Samuels the flex with Woods and Ayuk, uh, I actually don't, you know, don't mind that. I definitely don't want to be looking at a QB that late. So. I guess if I could flip any part of that draft around, and I always like to look at one part of a, of a mock and go, you know, here's yeah, where I would change things looking back at it now. I would have taken one of the Herbert or Brady or something like that and then foregone uh, Samuel and looked at someone like a Mooney even to run as the flex or... You I'm know, comfortable with Mooney lower. as the flex in this format. And, I mean, we got Mooney in the eighth, so there was definitely room to go back and get him another time. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, so that's what I would do there. And, but you're right. Like, going from 10th was just such a different look for me uh, because I've been so integrated into being in the fifth. So, <laughs> often at fifth, I will take running back, running back, just because that's where the value seems to be. Because taking the fifth best running backs, you know, fine. I don't need to look elsewhere in terms of position. And then there are decent running backs coming back to me. And then I've missed out on the tight end and the you know, wide receiver early run anyway, so I don't have to look there either. So the position you are in drafts completely changes the way you look at it. It just, yeah, you, you can't tell me that you can go in with the same strategy in every position you are in a draft. It's just ridiculous. Oh, this is the, you said this a bunch of times in the last precinct. Be water, my friend, you know, like just go yeah, with the flow. Don't go in with a yep. total plan of here's what I have to do each round. Um, your tier-based approach, it's no different from mine. We just have different breaks. And um, yep. I don't know, like, uh, are you happy with that team? Honestly, no. And <laughs> I actually think I, I think I like the bench better than a lot of starters. Like, <laughs> well, in terms of the value you get for yeah. them, like it's, again, I would if I mocked from that position a bit more, I reckon I would probably end up with the team I liked a bit more. A bit and more. that's how I was from the fifth spot. Like I okay. started from the fifth spot and didn't like a lot of the teams. And I started to get a groove on where I could actually find value and stuff like that. So I would yeah, like to think that most most positions you can eventually work out, you know, a rough idea of what, what you'd like. But again, like I I mocked from – I'm sorry to bring back that other draft. So I, I just think it's a lot of key learnings that I have. I mocked from the 12 spot in a 12-team world 
you do have to stay water because I was happy with my team at the end of the end of the day, but it was completely different to what I had mocked. So if something pops up, don't be afraid to do it, even if it's completely different from what you had planned. But you've also then got to have a backup plan for how the rest <laughs> of your team's going to look. Because if you just end up with just completely punting a position and it just looks like shit at the end and you don't have a plan how that fits into the rest of your team, then you're going to hate it. Yeah. And, and this is the voice of discovery, right? If in 10 minutes we loaded this whole thing up again and I got to pick from five and you just got to watch me bumble through trying to pick from five, you'd be doing the same things I'm doing. I'm like, that's, that's probably not what I would do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I um, it it was just it's so hard because there are so many positions in that spot where I'm like, you know, I love pairing Ayuka forwards, blah blah blah. But then I haven't also had the, I guess I haven't done all the work from that position to see what that then turns into in the next round. Yeah. By by doing that, you know, I could have changed it up and gone another running back or something like that. You know, gone a Darnell Henderson, uh, Daryl Henderson, sorry, um. And then sort of shore up that that running back position, and then gone later at run at a wide receiver and just paired like uh, Woods with like a Mooney or something. Like it's 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 hard to know exactly what the right thing is to do when you haven't sort of practiced a bit from the position. And I'll like I'll take that. That's probably one of the worst mocks I've done, and I'm more than happy for that to be on the podcast because that's how you learn, and um, that's why I think mock drafting, even though it doesn't turn out exactly how you did it at the time, I still think there's merit to doing it. And I implore everyone's doing mock drafts, do a multitude of them and try so many different things. Like go a tight end early, even if you hate going tight end early. <laughs> go a QB, go Mahomes and see what your team looks like outside of that. You have to sort of try everything so you can weed out what the bad ideas are. And there will be times where you actually do an idea and you think at the time, oh, that actually turned out all right. And then like, 10 mocks later, you're like, actually, that's way shitter than doing it this way. Like, it just, you, you, you have to sort of go through a lot of the shit, all the weeds, like you say, until you find like the exact sort of way that you want to draft from that spot. And that doesn't just, that doesn't mean to say that's exactly how draft day is going to go. Like, there's going to be people that are ranked lower that, you know, your mock draft does it based off ADP and there's going to be people that all you need is one out of 16 people to like a guy way more than it's ADP and then all of a sudden they're gone in front of you. So you can't just base everything off a mock, but you you get less rattled, I find, if you've done a few mocks and found a different way. And, you know, I can't use that other league as an example because I literally got put in a position I'd never been in. But I still was able to go, all right, these are the top two tier guys. Now I can sort of work it out later. And I've still got my tier-based system and still got these guys I don't mind later that I can pair with just two powerhouses in their position like that. So I uh, I still don't think taking Kelsey at 10 is a bad idea, I, even though the team didn't end up exactly what I would have liked. I still think you're not going to be stoked if you had taken a running back there instead of Kelsey and you're sitting there with... Yeah, a higher-end running back with no Kelsey, and then, yeah, then, then you're, you're pairing a running back too. Yeah, I agree. The 10 isn't the, the most ideal spot, I, I will admit, but I still think going the higher-end guys in their positions are better play overall. Yeah, I think that's my big learning. I couldn't have said that better myself. Um, but, mate, look, I think we should wrap up here and say, firstly, from me to you, I hope you have a terrible draft, and I hope you come second this year. Uh, <laughs> any well-wishing for all see over here? <laughs> yeah, well, second would be a huge upgrade on last year. I would just uh, say to myself, don't start 0-5. At least win two of your first five games so you're not out of it. And, uh, yeah, let's just hope uh, Matty C um, drafts Duke Johnson again because he's not even in the league. Right, uh, he'll be back. And when he is, you know whose team he's going to be on. Uh, <laughs> In probably like a fourth round or something as well. So it's not even like he's a, a last pick. He'll just somehow end up on your team early. Mate, any round, he's a, there's a real threat I could take him. So just keep that up your sleeve. You're the only guy who knows. We'll keep that between ourselves. Yeah, that's that sneaky, <laughs> sneaky pick that we don't want to let out. Pick. No one will yeah. know about it. Uh, mate, good luck, though, in all honesty. Um, and I'll see you on the other side, mate. I can't wait to break down what actually happens with you on the other side of the draft. Absolutely, mate. Thank you. Hooroo.
Hooroo! You watch Captain Morgan, Melvin Gordon, Kyla Murray, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, just to name a few. These are Taylor's boys. These are not only his husband, but his best man at his wedding, I think. The pickup of Justin Sherbert not only gave me some light at the end of the tunnel, but a soulmate to spend the rest of my life with. We're all here for a good time, not a long time. Woof, kaput. That, that, that's it. That's all I've got before the draft. This time last year before the draft, we'd done maybe eight episodes. This is like the 17th episode of this series already. It really does show the interest and the news and the information that we're sharing, the people who want to come through the show. Uh, it's it's really grown into something that's kind of cool, this little podcast. But also, I think the interest around the league is probably at its highest as well. I'm really interested to see what happens this year. I feel the pressure that it's going to be a difficult year. That I feel, even though I've done a bunch of mock drafting and I've done nothing but talk about it, I really don't feel prepared that I'm going to come away with a team I really like, and, and I feel there's a lot of pressure on me to feel happier with the things that I've been drafting, but I know I think this is just me paying respect to the intelligence and the maturity of everybody else in the league that I just really feel like there is a huge chance I won't be left with a lot of the guys I really like because other people have just gotten so smart about how they draft that the cupboard gets bare quicker. And that's really my takeaway from it, was that it's not necessarily a me problem, it's it's all of you, it's your guys' fault, you guys are getting so great at this, and I think last year was the real shining moment of that, to have no team with more than nine wins out of a 13-week season, and also have no teams with less than four losses, just every team crammed within a five-win band, really does show just how far this league has come over the 11 previous seasons in terms of just competitiveness, knowledge, and and I think collaborative approach. Last year, we saw a lot of the best trades we have ever seen, and I've already given TC and Jackal all kinds of plaudits for what I thought was trade of the year. That'll do it for me. I'll see you guys all on Sunday. I'm going to have the room open from 11 o'clock, and the link is up in the Astros page on Facebook. I'll also post it again in the, uh, in the thread, but... The other thing that's happening, too, is we've got our Astros Champions League happening, and that draft will happen right after the Astros and Astros Keeper League drafts. Now, for the five guys not named me in that league, that's going to be a completely different thing. And we've talked a little bit about that. We've got our six combatants all settled, and, and it's going to be a very interesting plod on that one because that league is a two-quarterback league, three running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end flex kicker, and defense. It's a 12-starter league, four bench, and it just really changes the way you got to approach it. All right, guys, I'm out of here. I'll see you all on the weekend. Hooroo! The results are in. The people have spoken. That's what it comes down to. We're not the no-fun league. But you need time to negotiate that. That's what my wife says very quickly. Uh, Let's jump in and do this thing. One thing I definitely learned from dancing at your spot, Matty C., is that gap between your first and second pick is still too long to take a high-end guy in another position other than the running back because you were almost punting the running back position from the get-go. It was a lot easier going Hill and Kelsey in my 12-team one because I was on the turn. I think unless you were levelling up on your opponents in two different positions, then you are most probably going running back, running back, unless someone surprising drops to you in your second pick. That's why mock drafting is so important. You get to look at the position that you are drafting at and you get to, you know, have a plan at the, on your first or second mock that might turn out to be a terrible plan if you haven't mocked leading into your draft and you're stuck with what you've got. But that was a great opportunity to take what I had said earlier about the possibility of going someone high in a bit of a position uh, game changer, but it clearly didn't work for this mock at the 10th spot in a 16-team league. So you can throw that away. Uh, go running back, running back, and then your team looks a lot more balanced. So this was a great exercise. Play, Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C.